0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Biomast. Uh, we've got uh, a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Some really good game reviews. So thank you for joining us, and let's get started with some introductions. Starting at the top of the list with Soraya Zell.
1: I'm Soraya Zell. You are
0: is a fantastic orator as as always. I see. Of course. What are you What are you playing lately?
1: Playing. Um, I, I really haven't uh, played any games this week. Actually, I um. Uh, I've been working on my uh, home automation system and uh, a version of it for my car.
0: Gosh, you do know what kind of podcast this is, right?
1: It is not a tech podcast.
0: Uh, You you do that, though, too, right?
1: I I do. I actually I have a a show called uh, Pentagonal, which talks about security and privacy with uh, another dude who does not uh, is not on this podcast.
0: Gotcha. All right, Bait, you're up, man. What have you been playing this week? Uh, hey, you? what's up? My name, uh, I, yeah, I can't talk tonight.
2: I'm Bait, and I have been playing Minecraft for like the past week uh, with my corporation, so that's been really fun, actually. How much dedicated
0: wham does your computer have? Uh, not enough. I need to download one <laughs> wham. Okay. All right, and Jay, you're up.
3: Hey guys, this is Jay, uh, one of the co-hosts here on Biomast, obviously. Uh, and I'm kind of I'm kind of stretching for for a mental tidbit to go with uh, show number 164. The best thing I can come up with is I think that Volvo made a model called the 164. Back in like the, the earlier mid '70s, that's about the extent of. I, I got nothing, <laughs> so that's that's all I'm that's all I'm going for. And uh, I've actually been playing two or three different games here recently. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Elite Dangerous later tonight. Uh, so not of the PC varietal, but the PS4 version, and uh, just kind of ducking in and out of two, or three different games on uh, on PlayStation
0: all right sounds good and i'm of course pokey draven i help uh, co-host the show here and i've been playing Quite a few number of things. Uh, Subnautica, which was Get to me a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Final Fantasy 14 still, and uh, also working on our next dungeon crawl series, which is Prey. So we'll talk a bit about all of those uh, in a little bit here. But let's get started off with, you know, some some movies, and entertainment stuff. So a couple weeks ago, we did speak about uh, an anime. Um, is what they were calling it for Castlevania. And Castlevania is, of course, a, a long-running video game series. It's had many, many entries and the netflix had uh decided to commission the production of a, an anime for it so i checked it out um i think originally it was slated for 12 episodes it was actually four where season one's four episodes season two which got renewed the uh, same day is also four more episodes but it will be coming you know uh, shortly so i watched the first four episodes uh total running time for all four of them was about 100 minutes uh so about 25 minutes each pretty standard fare uh, but yeah, it was, from a perspective of someone who knows nothing about the series in terms of its story, I really haven't played any of the Castlevania games um, in a very long time, uh, really, really solid. The The plot I hear follows Castlevania 3. Uh, I won't get into spoilers, but basically the synopsis is, is that something happens which causes dracula to unleash his horde of the night onto you know the nearby countryside and ultimately the world and it comes down to trevor belmont who is the last son of the belmont family which is basically a long-running series of vampire hunters kind of gets mixed up in all of it and you know ends up fighting off part of the horde and decides we have to go stop dracula so he doesn't destroy everything so uh it's a uh, adult themed not not Mature in that sense, but, you know, in terms of the language and the dialogue and, you know, some of the stuff they show, uh, definitely not for kids, even though it is a cartoon. Uh, They do call it an anime. Um, I would say it's less visually like what you'd expect from, like, a Japanese anime and more kind of, like, along the lines of uh, some of the more recent, like, Justice League, that kind of style, um, just by how the characters are drawn and that sort of thing. Uh, voice acting is is very very good. Um, the action sequences are very impressive. I was very impressed with that. That was really really well done. Um, like I said, for the story, uh, it was four episodes, about a hundred minutes long. Honestly, it felt more like it was meant to be kind of a movie that got broken up into four segments and called a series. But if you're going to watch it, I would probably suggest just sitting down and watch the whole thing all at once, um, just because it, it feels very coherent and very you know fluid. Um, watching in segments is would be a little weird. So I I, I treat it almost like a movie. Uh, And like I said, it already got renewed for the second season. So I imagine it'll be four more episodes, kind of the same format, but uh, yeah, just really, really solid, highly suggested for, for anyone who's familiar with the series. And even if you're not, if you just want a really good, you know, more mature adult themed, um, you know, cartoon, anime, whatever you want to call it, uh, definitely worth checking out. And that is available, all four episodes are available on Netflix right now. Uh, other interesting tidbit of news is that the uh, the guy who was responsible for the production of this Castlevania series, uh, his name is Adi Shaka- uh, Shankar, sorry, um, has announced that he's also going to be working on an Assassin's Creed anime, which I imagine will probably uh-huh. be a similar oh, really? style. And I would cringe at the idea of it, until after I saw the Castlevania, and I'm like, listen, if it's anything like this, it's going to be solid as hell. So, and this is know, the we're, guy we're who did.
1: Uh, this is the guy who did Dread, right? Oh, I'm not sure on that one. I would have to look that up.
0: I'm like, pretty sure. I'm, that would be, I'm pretty, that would
3: be pretty, sure. pretty legit if it was the movie Dread. Yes. Huh. Uh, well. Okay.
1: Yes, he is. Um, he he did. He was the executive producer for Dread and. Uh, A bunch of other things small things not a lot of things
0: it's it's solid though like he did seeing this i'm like hell yeah i'll watch anything he comes up with for for this this media
1: he did some shorts that i've seen on uh on youtube and stuff like what he did um a a punisher short called dirty laundry and which was excellent if if you remember the uh power rangers short that was done with like a r-rated power rangers thing that was on youtube that was him as well
3: huh Oh, that was the one with uh James Vanderbeek. I don't think I saw that one, but uh it was it was literally like a, a the classic gritty reboot of uh like flash forward to the to the like Blade Runner S type future where all the Power Rangers had gotten like wiped out and and uh James Vanderbeek played one of the Power Rangers that had gone to the dark side. It was actually it's about nine minutes long. It's actually really good. <laughs> it's surprisingly well done. Yeah,
1: that's that's the same guy.
3: And that's how I
0: felt about this. And I was like, oh, yeah, Castlevania, that'd be kind of cool. And I was like, my brother and I were watching, we're like, holy shit, this is, this is way better than we expected. Like, it's just, everything was just really, really high quality. Um, like I said, it was R-rated, but tastefully done. You know, it, it, it didn't feel like it was trying to be, you know, R-rated for the sake of it. It actually felt like it fit what was going on. So, I mean, it was just overall amazing product and and i just happened to stumble across this dude's the assassin's creed one just kind of looking around and i was like oh it's the same guy i'm like well hell yeah i'm all over that so I'm, I'm looking forward to that one uh no details on you know what part of the assassin's creed saga it will be covering or or anything like that but uh just the fact that he's already said yeah i'm gonna do it um is pretty exciting and worth keeping an eye on wouldn't be surprised if that if they used a new character for that one or they at least
2: uh if they're thinking it's going to come out uh, this year, if they use the, uh, oh, what's his name? Balik from, uh, from the game.
0: That's the one from uh, Assassin's, Assassin's Creed, Creed origins, origins
2: right? right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. New one.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it, and that's kind of the advantage of the Assassin's Creed franchise is you can pretty much make up any character you want and it'll fit, you know, just yeah. pick a setting and pick a character and it, it just works. Cause you know, this is a, it's not meant to be a series about a single person. So, you know, it, well, it, it it's got options and it's funny because i poking you and i were talking about this the other uh
2: what two weeks ago i guess we're like if you can think of an actual historical person they're probably in the assassin's creed lore somehow which makes it a little bit interesting
0: yeah absolutely i mean it's it's a good example um of you know you can teach people history through a game which oh, i think like is fantastic you know and absolutely. and i've i've looked up stuff and learned i mean shit i mean after playing the Ezio uh trilogy you're like i know more about you know renaissance mm-hmm. italy than i ever thought i would ever know um it was funny. My my dad was watching um, the Borgia, the HBO series, and I had just finished playing, you know, the Assassin's Creed uh, Brotherhood. And so we're both talking about the history of the Borgia, about from completely different perspectives of where we we learned about it, and it was it was pretty interesting. So one know, from a video
3: game and one from a like a TV series. So both incredibly accurate, I'm sure. Oh, totally,
0: <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> but it was it, it, at the very least, it
3: gets people interested, and they
0: might be encouraged to actually go look up. An actual history book about it, and and, you know, learn something. So, but yeah, no, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, Assassin's Creed anime, and definitely more of this Castlevania stuff. It's it's just really, really high quality. I suggest everyone go out and watch it. So, so it's on Netflix. That means the whole season's on there, right? All four episodes. The season is four episodes, but I said it's kind of like a movie that's broken into four parts. Just watch the whole
2: thing at once. Gotcha. Have they announced anything for a second quote unquote season yet?
0: You know? it, it's it was it was um they, they renewed it for the second season the day it came out so oh, you know, wow. it's, it's good to go um no details on exactly when that's going to be but that's uh true. it's it's happening so we'll be in good shape Awesome, awesome. So moving along to uh, Overwatch. Overwatch had some good news this this week. Um, I might kind of hand this over to um, either Zell or Jade to talk about, since they're a little more steeped in the Overwatch game and the lore, but uh, a very uh, iconic character, and I think this character is actually kind of mentioned in some of the very earliest uh, um, cinematics for Overwatch. Uh, if you remember back when they had the uh, cinematic where a bunch of the characters are fighting in a museum and they're fighting over this glove that was in this display case well that glove actually belonged to a character named doomfist and this is a character that players have been kind of looking forward to for a long time uh and so this week uh they did announce that doomfist is going to be the 25th character being added to overwatch and so they released um an origin story video and then a developer update kind of outlining all the skills and stuff um surrounding doomfist so uh for those of you who do play overwatch what were your thoughts on this are you excited Is this something is been looking forward to
1: um, yeah, I mean, this is this is a big deal. It's been it's been kind of teased for a long time. They did a couple of they, in addition to the uh, the original cinematic, they did a couple other things. Like um, in one of the maps, there's a car, the cart you're escorting has the fist like in like a containment thing, and they had that I think disappear at one point, um, you know, because it, it's been stolen or, or whatever. Um, and uh, so, and, and this is like the first kind of real villain, I guess, that uh, doesn't have like a sympathetic backstory. Um, He's just, you know, a a big bad dude. Um, And uh, that's kind of different. But uh, yeah, it should be interesting. It's it's always, it's always interesting to see when Overwatch releases new heroes, because it changes the dynamic a lot um, because there's so few compared to, to, you know, other, other hero oriented games like a MOBA, like, you know, I talk about here is the storm. I play here is the storm right now a lot more than I play Overwatch. Um, here is the storm puts out a new hero every six six weeks, so it doesn't change a whole lot of the gameplay. It just kind of slides right in, um, but it, usually this leads to some pretty pretty interesting changes.
0: Yeah, I mean, kind of looking through some of his abilities. I mean, he seems to be almost entirely melee centric and i know that some of his abilities can actually just punch straight through the shields other characters his
3: name is doomfist
0: yeah that's kind of kind of right and then he's got um i think in his left arm he's got like shotgun shells that come out of his knuckles or something like that like it's all pretty 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 badass but uh yeah like like you said this is a he seems a a little more unique than a lot of the other characters so it should be interesting to see kind of how he plays into um how the gameplay works and, and whatnot,
1: but not voiced by Terry
3: Crews. Oh, he's it
0: not? Is, it's not. It's um, not. No, <laughs> get out of here. They he just is, did that to hype people. Well, I
3: think he's uh, he's like from Africa, or like mid Africa, right? I
0: think he's uh, Nigerian, Western Africa.
3: Yeah, it's from Mombasa. The uh, oh, okay, the the map, the city map uh, where you do the escort. It's the same city. The uh, no. So uh, I am actually kind of interested in this one because they have teased doomfist quite a bit like throughout the you know uh, i guess le- even the from the game came out there's like little hints which actually starts me if you really start digging you digging around some pretty cool youtube videos of this when you really start doing a lot of like snooping around the maps and a lot of other stuff like that to include some of the animate the official animated shorts there's a lot of little easter egg type hints in there that absolutely are probably uh if nothing else, they're, like, a character's name that's on a whiteboard, you know, somewhere that they, like, have plopped into the game somewhere. So, uh, it is kind of interesting to see how he's going to come out. I mean, and Zell and is actually right. Like, Overwatch does an incredibly good job of balancing generally uh, compared to most games like this. And they do a, they do a pretty fair amount of uh, consideration, and, and I assume some pretty deep testing before they drop these guys on live, that can really change... You know, kind of change the ball game, so to speak, in these competitive games. So, I'm kind of interested to see, you know, how a more melee-based character will work, because this is definitely a, uh, you know, an FPS. So there's he's going to have some kind of range. If I'm not mistaken, he does kind of love, kind of a rocket punch kind of thing. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, but that's correct. He's got some capability to to close the gap, but I suspect he's going to have one decent ranged attack, which will look probably a lot like Reinhardt's rocket charge. And uh, or perhaps like Winston's big, the big leap that you can get Winston to do with his uh, rocket pack so he can close the gap and kind of execute some uh, close quarters type attacks. So it'll be interesting to see kind of what they do with him. Uh, They did a really good job of foreshadowing and bringing it out.
0: Yeah, the Blizzard does does a really good job. I think they, they have a strong plan of what's going to come out when they, they like to kind of slip those Easter eggs in there and and tease way ahead of time because I think players, you know, find quite a bit of enjoyment in in digging around and in discussing on the forums. And that's actually a really really healthy way to to build hype where it's you know it's the play it's more player driven and that they're talking about, you know, their theories and that sort of thing rather than just advertising. So, you know, uh, gotta give props to Blizzard on that one. They've done a really good job with uh you know kind of hinting and, and keeping people engaged interested in what's going on in the universe of overwatch which is impressive given the fact that uh you know there's no story mode it's entirely you know pvp combat and it's just small blurbs and tidbits but it, they've they've structured a, a pretty pretty decent universe around all of this so uh good, good good props to them for
2: that not voiced by terry Crews is a little bit lame though
0: well, I think they they do try to because Overwatch is is pretty multicultural. They they try to get I think voice actors that you know at the very least sound like uh, oh, someone yeah, no, from, sure. from from you know the, the the place the character would originate from. So Terry Crews would be hilarious, but probably not fit you know everything else that they've done. <laughs> now
1: <laughs> note that there's still an option here. Um, this is actually this is so this is the third character to uh hold the name doomfist in in overwatch lore um you know the, there's the previous doom like literally this guy like you know was uh you know the the previous doomfist student and then he, he killed his teacher and took the took the uh gauntlet and became the, the this guy, doomfist so they could always in some you know historical thing they could you know use a previous doomfist and it could still be Terry Crews. Uh, but the one that the one that is in the the game and that they're, you know, focusing on, they they obviously didn't want to just throw it off as a joke. And and when you think about the amount of time they've spent building out this character, I, I think using a, a actor that would have been brought mostly just for comedic value would have been a waste
3: here. Yeah. True. He, he, Terry Crews would be a, a really good one to, to drop in later, uh, I, I think. But yeah, I don't know that he could get away with this one. Doomfist is pretty uh is report I, th- I think you're right, there's been th- so this is the third one, right? Is that right, Zell? Yes. So the first one was a king and by all accounts a, a good guy's good guy. The second one was I think le- definitely the opposite of that. My understanding was this guy was supposed to be somewhere in the middle, but he but it sounds like he's more of a traditional bad guy, is that right? Yeah. Okie dokie.
0: That's that's pretty legit. So um yeah, anything else on that before we move along, guys?
3: uh yeah i actually got one quick overwatch one so you know how we we've talked several times about hey it'd be really cool if they'd ever do like a uh, like a doom or a doom fist but uh an overwatch movie so there's a youtuber named lion montages that uh that put together out of uh, obviously you know already done overwatch videos he basically put a netflix trailer together for a overwatch um like an overwatch netflix series and did a incredibly professional job of it. Uh, I linked it over to you guys in Skype. Take a look at it. it it's it is very very good, uh, and all it does is continue to like fan the flames for a whole bunch of people uh, on the forum, the interwebs that are very keen to see a uh, you know Pixar esque, you know, a slightly more adult Pixar esque uh, Overwatch flick. So it's good. It's actually really good. It's not your average YouTuber, you know, slap together bullcrap. It was. Quite well done. <laughs> I,
1: I was actually gonna note um, that that I actually noted w- it thought it was really interesting how high quality of a you know more of the animated cartoon style they did with uh, the Doomfist intro and it's a very very different style than their you know their cinematic takes. Um, but you know Blizzard Blizzard's animation team continues to just wow and no matter what format they decide to go for for it. Yep.
0: Yeah, I mean it looks pretty solid. I mean, I saw you linked it there. I was like, that well, that it's not an official link, but it looks really well done. So yeah, I mean that's there's lots of options they could go with and, and really really make a lot of money doing that. So, you know, hopefully we get to see something. I, I would actually like to to check that out as well, just because like I said, you know, they've they've built up such a great lore around the game without having much of a traditional delivery of a story. So it'd be cool to actually see them really, really capitalize on that.
3: Yeah, they, yeah. Blizzard has definitely kind of got the lightning in the bottle thing on this one in terms of how do you build a fairly immersive world on a pretty thin FPS platform, you know, like vehicle. Uh, so they they've done a they've done a really good job about it. And if they're smart, they could they could actually. Th- th- this is this is one of these things where if there was ever going to be a video game that you could like bring to the big screen in some form, it would be probably something like this. Is is sort of what my gut would tell me on this. Well
1: and the cool thing is is you could tell stories in the movies that wouldn't be like it because it's not a, a, a game that itself is story driven, um, you know, it's it's not a single player campaign. You could do stories with these characters. Um, and I don't Easily. think you, and you wouldn't you wouldn't uh you wouldn't be disappointing people, you know, because the story changed or something like that. Well,
3: yeah, and, and the cool thing is I mean if you think about it, for every Like comic book, you know, movie that we've gotten in the last 15 years or so, there's been a raft of like horrendous video games that come out with them, with with very very few exceptions. Honestly, there there's been a few that were actually quite good, uh, but not many. So this would this one Blizzard would be in a really interesting seat where if they basically drove some of the the animation and then tied their current animating team and some of the people that are doing some of the writing in this, in the story driven activity behind it with somebody that knows how to put together like a pretty good movie, uh, like from a directorial or a producer standpoint, that kind of thing. They, they could do well because if you think about in the game world, all they got to do is like drop some new skins, put in some new maps, you know, a couple promotional things here and there and the games have chugging around along. They don't have to do a whole lot, uh, at least on that side. And, and you like you said, you don't have this, you know, rush of people that would be really upset about something that happened in the movie that clearly goes against how they interpreted the lore of the game or whatever the hell. Now you're always going to have one or two neckbeards that'll do that, but it's, it. they set themselves up for a, as painless of a transition into a movie vehicle as you could get. And I think because of the quality that they, that they run in these shorts, you would almost be driven to do kind of like a 90, 90 minute, you know, you know, maybe hundred, hour 45 minute movie not so much of a series because i think the cost uh, the production cost would be pretty high because these are extremely well well done uh written directed and technically executed uh animated shorts
0: yeah absolutely no i mean there's like i said there's there's lots of directions that could go with it but uh you know i think at this point the fans would be pretty excited with pretty much anything if they could push out movie series whatever it may be so you know fingers crossed hopefully we can get something but it seems like they keep kind of pushing or at least the fans are heavily pushing towards it and we we can only hope they'll
3: you know i'm sorry man i was just thinking out loud they've got about 50 plus minutes 55 minutes of of high quality animated shorts if you like when you you can go to youtube or something and find them all like uh in like a single video basically they I mean, they're they're edging up there in terms of the the amount of actual effort that they've put into these things.
0: Well, and hell, I mean, you see even uh, other games where they have people will take all the cutscenes and string them together, you know, with bits of gameplay to make <laughs> movies. Yeah, I mean, like shit, Metal Gear Solid uh, Four has like a six-hour movie on YouTube you can watch with just cutscenes chained together, and it's it's a legit, you know, it's it's enjoyable to watch. I mean, you you're getting in a, comp- a really good complete story. I mean, they could. I, I know. That shit, with this. I did
3: Arkham that way before I played it, and I like the, you know, the the gameplay. It you know it wasn't it wasn't you know nothing to die for. I've I've played Arkham games before, and they're okay. They they are kind of fun. Did we lose them? I no, I'm sorry. Them. It's it, no. I was I took my finger off the button. I was like literally. I just I I played Ark or I played Arkham after I did. I watched a really high quality YouTube movie that, where they basically did the entire game. And really, the best thing they did was cut out a shitload of the Batmobile stuff. But they they basically turned it into a movie, and it was actually really, really enjoyable. It was that's, pretty good.
1: That's how I did Uncharted. You sinner! I, I still really haven't played Uncharted. I mean, I have I have some of them for the PS3, but uh, I I watched them as a movie on YouTube long before I, like Dust came out. Before I expected to ever have a PlayStation of any kind. Um, and uncharted was really well done that way, as well. sit so you have to play those games
0: well, and it's a good way if you're if you're behind in a series and you don't necessarily want to go back and play through all of them, you can get caught up on the story, and it's not you know annoying it's actually enjoyable to watch these kind of these films that people have put together so you know I, mad props to the guys on youtube that actually do that because some of them out there like like jay said you it's it's fantastic like it's it's done so well just the editing and how they cut it and, and what they include to make sure it's all coherent it's, it's just i'm always very impressed with those so you know mad props to those guys
3: Okay, I got one last one for you. That's that's I'm gonna tie this all together. So, di- little inside baseball into the show for our massive list- listening audience, I mean, the fi- the millions and millions of biomassites that are out there, aka all three of you. Uh, so, uh, every every week on the show, like we do this on Mumble, that's our that's our basic. Uh, like voice mechanism that we do this over, like I've had a couple of people ask me, what do you do on Skype or this, that, and the other, but we usually use Mumble. Um, and that's kind of a holdover from from some other activities that we did before this. So I every week I change my screen name on Mumble to something that's like current or relevant, at least in my mind, right? So two things, one, this is this is where I show my age because I'm by far the oldest guy on the podcast. So my screen name this week in in our Mumble chat is Shurioken. So for those of you who know what that is, mad props, Zell will give you a free membership to the Biomast in, Insiders Fan Club. By the way, Poke, you need to make one of those. Uh, so what that is, that's the uh, the rising uppercut that uh, that Ken and Rayo do in uh, in Street Fighter, and it's it's in a thousand tropes and memes and and. Even Deadpool did it in the comics, and it's great. And it's usually announced as "shuriken," and yeah, and it only works if you do if you do it exactly like that. So Doomfist from Overwatch has a move called the Rising Uppercut. I don't know what it does, but I'm pretty sure, pretty sure there's gonna be some shuriken memes with Doomfist at some point, even if I have to make them. Hey,
2: real quick, can we get a cut of that audio uh, of Jay doing that and just like post it somewhere? On the loop, we'll, on, a we'll loop. Post on we'll post on Overwatch footage is what we we'll do <laughs> this could be my my text message alert tone for my phone now
0: <laughs> yes ah <sighs> yes no that's that we'll, you'll have to get us that sound clip uh, so I can I can do some fun stuff with it yes <laughs> All right, so let's let's get back on track here. Um, as for Doomfist, it is available on uh, the player test server if you're playing Overwatch on PC. Uh, it's not li- not in the live game, it's just on the test server. Um, if you are on Xbox or PS4, you unfortunately do not have access to the test server, so you'll have to wait. So no uh, specifics on when it's going to actually be live, but typically when these things come out, like this it's gonna be soon so i,
1: I suspect yeah. this next topic is actually switched around where the console players can will get to try this and and i will not
0: yes it is true <laughs> um so yeah that, that's go that's going on dune fest now um Another big one coming out is, of course, Destiny 2. It's one that's going to be highly talked about because it's it's Destiny. And that's just the way it is. Uh, Destiny 2 open beta is coming. So, uh, and actually, pretty short here. Uh, so basically, open beta is coming. Um, if you pre-order on PS4, you get it July 18th. If you pre-order on Xbox, you get it uh, July 19th. Um, no details on if you get any early access on PC, but I'm guessing not since the uh, Game is launching on September sixth for PS4 and Xbox, but not yet wait till October twenty fourth for PC. So almost like a month and a half later. So yeah, you're you're going to kind of get screwed if you want to play uh, uh, Destiny on PC. I'm sorry, Zell. Are you going to get this one, Zell?
1: We'll see. Cause I, I, you know, because of its lack of PC presence, I really I never tried the first one. So it might be worthwhile. We'll see.
0: It, it's 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 being set up in such a way that if you're not familiar, you'll be fine. You're not going to be missing out because all characters are being reset anyway so don't worry about it you know um so this would be a good time to hop in if you are new to the series or returning um and and like i said the pre-order is uh for ps4 and xbox is the 18th 19th if you pre-order um if it is open beta that's starting on the 21st so if you don't pre-order you can still play on the 21st and that goes until the 23rd. So you get that weekend there to give it a shot. Um, what's going to have access in the open beta? You'll get to play the opening story mission, which is called Homecoming. Uh, one of the strikes, which is the three-man cooperative um, you know, kind of mission with a boss at the end sort of deal. If you're familiar with the series, you you know what I'm talking about. And that one's called the Inverted Spire. Uh, there's also two PVP game modes. There's Control, which is a classic mode from Destiny 1. Uh, Kind of go around capture points um and whoever has you know the most time holding the points at the end you know wins but there are going to be some significant changes that have not been detailed yet there's also a game mode called countdown which is from the sounds of it a progressive game mode where you have one side defending one side of the map and one side attacking and those are going to have maps that are specifically designed for that game mode so uh no details exactly but if you're familiar with like skirmish 1.0 in dust if you're familiar with uh, rush and battlefield i imagine it's roughly kind of that style of thing where you're you know working your way across the map trying to attack a point while someone else is defending it so you can look forward to that uh there's also going to be access to the new social space Uh, the social space is not the tower if you're familiar with the lore of destiny 2 the tower is blown up so you can't go back there Uh, but the social space is called the farm and that's going to be available for one hour at 10 a.m pacific time on july 23rd so they're basically doing a, a test on how much it can handle how many people it can handle all at once uh most of the vendors and stuff will be shut down so it's not going to be used for that but you will be able to go in and kind of take a look around and see what it looks like i guess there's going to be soccer balls and chickens if that's your thing
1: it's uh, that's, uh, that's a very specific window one hour
0: one hour yeah it's 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 basically like a, a hardcore you know we're, we're doing a as big of a stress test as we possibly can by making it you know a very short period of time so it may crash to all hell if you try to get in but who knows so if you want to give it a shot 10 a.m pacific time on july 23rd Um also, if you uh, are interested in some of the new subclasses, you're in luck. The uh, the three three of the new subclasses are going to be available to play in the open beta. There's the Arcstrider for the Hunter, that's the kind of the electric pole arm. Uh, the Dawn Dawnblade for Warlock, which is the flaming sword, and then the Sentinel Titan, which I believe is the kind of the new version of the Defender Titan. He's got the Captain America shield that you can throw around and stuff like that. So you'll get a chance to try out some of the new subclasses that are available in Destiny 2. Now, all all, uh, progress you make in the beta will not carry over to the main game, but if you do participate in the beta, you will get a special emblem that will be available for you when you do play the main game. So, you know, even if you just log in just to get your emblem, give it a shot, Again, the dates are July 21st through the 23rd, but if you pre-order on PS4, is July 18th, and pre-order on Xbox is July 19th. And as a reminder, uh, the game is not available for PS3 or Xbox 360. It's going to be PS4 and Xbox One only, and PC, of course, but you'll have to wait a little bit longer to play it on there. Yeah, time to move on, you nerds. <laughs> Well, they actually cut out. They cut out um, support for it with the Rise of Iron expansion. So oh, if you've they? been if you've been actively playing, you you kind of lost out on that last expansion anyway. So you probably know already. But if you're returning, just keep in mind that you will have to go to the next generation system if you do want to play. So it's only for three days then. Uh three days if you do not pre-order. If you pre-order, you're going to get uh, two to three days additional. Oh. Meh. It, you know, I'm not. I haven't decided yet. Honestly. Um, it kinda of depends on what I've got going on, on around that time. I can gripe about it, but okay. I'll okay. probably uh, all right. I'll I'll everybody get it
3: out of your system. Just everybody's like uh, all of uh, you. God. It's, it's okay. He's like, ah, I'm not that interested. It's it's meh. You're you're it's gonna play it anyways. You're, you're gonna, gonna play still it anyway. play, it. play it. it. You you can act like a little nebushy you kinda kinda like just it's, I don't know, it's like hand sanitizer, it's not really soap, you know, whatever. <laughs> but it's it's you're still gonna play it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, in in most games, I would actually kind of him and haw about it, but for this one, it's like oh, let's be honest, I'm gonna pick it up anyways because everyone's gonna be talking about it and we're gonna have to cover it anyways. So fine,
3: whatever. Well, and, and at yeah. the end of the day, if it if it's at least as good as um, as Destiny was when Destiny One shuts down, it, it's going to be a decent game.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at and least that, that's fair
3: at the bare minimum.
2: Well, I mean the shooting will be good, obviously. I mean Bungie doesn't make a bad shooter. I just wonder if the other mechanics are going to be uh bad or not.
3: Yeah, no, I mean I, I could totally I can totally buy that. It's but but like like you said, it's still gonna be a, a good FPS game. Whatever else you wanna say about the story and all this other jazz, it it will be good at that. I'm I'm relatively confident of that.
0: Yeah. I mean in terms of moment to moment gameplay, if they can just copy paste it it'll be solid you know so if if you can treat it like just a giant expansion or destiny one then fine you know that's cool so you know that's 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 something to consider but uh one other change that i did want to mention that did come out and this does kind of change the dynamic i think of kind of what they were originally advertising the game for so if you're familiar with the original game um when you got drops of weapons and armor they had different stats on them and in the stats the stats themselves usually fit but there are perks on there and the perks could be different and so you'd have, like, you know, three, four, maybe five perks that could could roll and be, and be different with each one you got. And so it kind of turned into this looter-style game where you would, you know, grind to get the same drop over and over again in hopes that you got, you know, the god roll, which was the perfect combination of perks which gave you the best, you know, overall um, benefit for that weapon or piece of armor. That feature is going away. So if you've got, you know, the Shadow Price Rifle that drops... If you get it again, it's going to be identical. There are no random perks. They're already fixed. They're set. Um, and thats it's good and bad in different ways. Um, it's good in that it gives developers uh, control to really fine-tune specific weapons and they can guarantee this weapon's going to perform exactly like this and it's not this you know rolling the dice constantly of players trying to get this optimal you know role that's going to be better than you know what they intended to be or whatever uh the other downside is the the, sorry the downside would be that it it moves a bit away from kind of diablo style looter gameplay where it's like that was part of the game was to you know get 5,000 of these stupid guns, so you could get the perfect roll on it. Um, so, depending on what you were looking for in the game, that changes, changes that dynamic a little bit. Um, if you like that kind of looter style, I think that's diminishing a little bit. Um, so that's just something to keep in mind. Uh, now, one thing the developer did poke at is that they have, you know, they, they, they said, we want to answer the question of, well, when I get the tenth of this one item, what makes it interesting, rather than just, oh, it's something I already have, throw it away. Uh, they quote-unquote have ideas of what they want to do but they're i guess up against the deadline of getting the game out so those ideas may not actually make it into the game initially um which you know <laughs> you can take that as you destiny well. three oh god <laughs> sorry i was getting a uh, severe weather alert on my phone um but yeah so something to keep in mind with that um, its it does change things a little bit but uh, you know probably not too game changing uh, just kind of curious what they'll come up with to kind of keep it a little fresh so getting the same of something does offer a little more interest other than just sell it at the vendor so just something to keep in mind.
1: Pokey are you about to get blown away
3: by a tornado?
0: Um, I've, we don't get tornadoes in Arizona I know mean, we've had extreme heat lately but uh, it could be a sandstorm we'll have to see
3: yeah, I'll trade you. I got like, you know, Thor, God of Lightning, out here behind my house right now, like you're making transformers pop off. <laughs>
2: hey, keep that shit away from me. We had, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah Florida,
3: Florida man's got you. You got your own problems. <laughs> meth. Jeez, oh, yeah. Normal bath, bath, bath salts. Bath salts are what's cool I, for I, Florida. I got, Man. I got, I got to I got tell the, you, I did. Ha- I, I did have a, uh, a, a an acquaintance of mine actually caught this show. Totally by Here's the funny part. I did not. I normally do not tell people anything like this in like my uh, my day job or like uh, anything like that. This guy actually caught the podcast. He was like looking for a gaming podcast, got ours by mistake, and uh, and he listened to it. And first thing he's like, "Hey, I know that guy." And then two, he was like, "You guys have." He he actually mentioned he's like, "It's very obvious you're four incredibly different people, and you're literally from different corners of the United States, literally."
0: how did he find us out of curiosity
3: i literally i think he was literally searching uh, itunes for a, a gaming podcast and he he was looking for something not named biomass he i he'd never heard of it before but he clicked on it and he listened to, it, listened to one show and he and uh, and he was he's instantly he's like when he heard the intro of the show he's like i know that guy
1: so there's now four people who listen to the show
3: well three and a half i don't know how many more he's listened to
2: <laughs> that's weird though because like that means he scrolled past like all the GameSpot and the Giant Bomb and IGN's forty-eight quintillion was looking, podcasts. I'm assuming he
3: was like typing something in and searching. So what I meant to do, what I, I literally was going to go do this. I was going to type in B on B under gaming pod podcast and see how many uh, how many show up with a B in the title to see if, what, if that's what he was trying to do. Before I mean, the there order. are
1: so many people he would have had to scroll past. Come on,
3: seriously, man. I'm well aware. That's,
1: Shout that's, out! That's, Shout out to our three listeners. Hi, Fox Gaiden. We I, I love that comments on our blog. I do read all those comments. Oh,
0: Fox Gaiden, okay. that's that's, that's, that's actually pretty cool, though. Yeah, that's that's interesting that he stumbled across us. I mean, what are the chances all right Right. so yeah good stuff but uh yeah so that's that's destiny 2 like i said that's coming up pretty quick here so i mean it's it's july 9th right here so you're looking at you know 10 days maybe a little bit more depending on on what you do with the game but uh i'll definitely be hopping on that one give my thoughts on that i'll probably be playing on ps4 just because i don't want to wait for the pc and ps4 gets exclusives uh sorry guys um before everyone else so i'll probably be playing on there and i'll i'll give you my thoughts Okay, another one that I did want to talk about um, that I've been kind of keeping my eye on for a while, but I wanted to talk about what's we get a little bit closer is a game called Fortnite. And uh, so Fortnite is a mix of different things. So it is, first and foremost, a zombie survival game. Um, we've all done a lot of those. I've, I've done my own fair share, and, and you know, they're, they're decent enough. Um but it also has elements of kind of "orcs must die" if you're familiar with that one, where you've got hordes of enemies coming and you basically build traps and defenses to, you know, deal with them while you shoot at them with with various, you know, guns and potions and stuff like that. Uh, and it also has elements of like Borderlands, where it's a it's a looter kind of like we just we talked about before, um, where guns and schematics drop and you're trying to get optimal rolls, customize stuff and stuff like that. So it's got a lot of stuff that I am really into for for games is kind of that perfect storm of you know it's kind of got building elements and survival elements and zombies and and lots of loot drops and stuff like that so i have decided to pick this one up and it's been actually in alpha for quite a while now the early access beta is starting um on july 25th and this is going to be on all platforms xbox ps4 pc um, and mac and so this is kind of the early access beta now the game is going to be free to play but if you want to play in the early access you have to buy into it normally i don't do this but like i said this is interesting to me it has a lot of stuff I'm, i'm i'm looking forward to so i'm probably going to buy into it for the base price of 40 um and when the game eventually releases you will get you know stuff equivalent in their you know premium shop equal to you know the 40 dollars you paid into it so you know like i said it's gonna be free to play eventually but if you want to have access early you can pick it up for 40 bucks this
1: is this is really interesting because um this is uh from epic games um the uh the unreal uh, tournament uh champions here um And that's really interesting to me because, I mean, and, and yeah, this is, we're talking about pre-ordering stuff right now, but, you know, the, the joke is, is that, you know, every single zombie survival type of game is like a Steam early access game that never comes out. Um, There's really not a lot of, of the major game development companies that have stepped into this genre yet. Um, This is, this is kind of distinct in that, I think
0: it's it's interesting too because i mean it's epic games they do the unreal engine um and paragon if you're familiar with that that's kind of the the moba style um very crisp clean realistic you know highly stylized looking game and this one the art style is very cartoonish it's very um uh Plants vs Zombies if you're familiar with that series. Yeah, it's
1: it's a very it's a completely different style from the last game they released, which is to to me it makes sense because they're showcasing the versatility and capabilities of their engine.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I mean it's in the thing is that normally like I said I wouldn't normally buy into it in early access for that price. Um 40 bucks is pretty steep for early access. Um but like I said it's got a lot of what I want and it's Epic Games and I trust that they will put together at least a viable product that I'll get my money's worth at some point during you know playing it so this one's pretty interesting um i'm looking forward to it like i said it's coming out july 25th uh if you do pre-order it you will get a four-day head start so you can start getting your early early access on july 21st um now the way their packages work are a little interesting so you've got kind of your standard pack is 40 bucks you've got your deluxe edition which is 60. it comes with some extra perks Whatever. There's a ninety dollar version, which is the super deluxe edition, and it comes with more stuff than the deluxe edition, but what it also comes with is a single standard edition code that you can give to a friend. So that's worth 40 bucks. So basically it's you know, you get a forty dollar extra code you can give to a friend, and then it's fifty dollars for all of the stuff on top of that. There is also a hundred and fifty dollar limited edition, which is again more stuff than the super deluxe edition, but that comes with two standard edition codes. So what my brother and I might do is he might pick up that $90 one, and then I'll just give him 40 bucks, and he'll give me the code, and, you know, everyone gets their stuff. So, you know, if you do have friends, and it is a four-person co-op game, um, I think it's designed to be uh, played co-op because I think there's also a mechanic where you can kind of hire NPCs to help you along if you don't have friends. Um, but, you know, it, it is a A.K.A.
1: the, the Soraya mode.
0: Yes, the the mode. You you can have uh, NPC friends to help you kill zombies. But if you do have real friends, um, you can you know uh, get the bigger packs if that you're interested in that, and gift them you know the codes that can play with you. So again, four person co-op kind of you know, left for dead style, almost uh, class based shooter. So, you know, there's lots of information out there. I really do suggest that people go take a look at it. Uh, I think it's got a lot of really good stuff and it's made by a company that has proven track record. of producing a really solid product. So lots of trailers out there, lots of gameplay trailers, like really good in-depth gameplay trailers that actually explain mechanics. It's not just, you know, hype food. Uh, and a new launch trailer just came out recently. So the building sure mechanics were out really
1: out. neat for that too. I was, I was watching that as uh you know, before the show and you can like, you know, by default you build a wall and then you can, you know, edit the wall and poke out some sections of the wall and then it'll automatically become, you know, either like a fence or a door or, or you know, a gateway or whatever based on which sections you drop out. It's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, it's like a three by three grid and you go, I want a window, so you pop out the middle, middle thing or if you want a door you pop out the middle and the one below it and, you know, it just kind of all flows together and you can actually kind of um i think draw staircases and it kind of auto builds the staircase for you um with with the path you kind of drew in the ground so it's 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 really neat um one part that i liked about it is that some of the missions because the the issue i ran into a similar game which was seven days to die which is also a building survival game with zombies was that once you fortified your little area you couldn't die like the the risk completely disappeared because nothing the game threw at you could possibly break through what you built so once you got too too entrenched it got really really boring really quickly and if you knew what you were doing you could get there in like you know a couple hours so you had to force yourself to not do the optimal thing to make the game more interesting which it it kind of turned me off with this one you're encouraged to move around the world you still have your home base which is built with you know, traps and, and interesting turrets and stuff like that to defend against like the major waves but certain missions you like go out to the field and it's like okay you have to defend this reactor you have 20 minutes to build something around it to defend it and you have to survive you know x number of waves so it forces you to go out of that safe space and actually gather resources the immediate area of where you're at and build up around it so it kind of forces you to start over with you may only have this much to work with so you better you know build something quick and 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 complete the mission or you're going to fail it so i like that that it forces you to move while still letting you have kind of a central base for you know major events but still making it so you're encouraged to, to travel around the open world and this is of course procedurally generated so it's you know you can go on forever and you know lots of hopefully unique content that's not going to be too too bland over the long run so you know it's got some interesting stuff going on and, and i could go on for hours about all that it's trying to offer so i suggest you just kind of look at some of the videos like i said they're, they're really good good gameplay videos lots of developer blogs so good stuff i do suggest you check it out all right so let's move into uh, a few game reviews i, I I played a couple games. I know Jay played a couple games and uh, we're going to talk about that for a little bit. So Jay, you gave elite dangerous and this is a game that's, that's been out on PC for quite some time, but it recently popped up on PS4 and you gave that one a shot. So I'm going to kind of hand this over to him and let him talk about his experience with the PS4 version of elite dangerous.
3: Okay. Um, so th- there's a li- just a little bit to unpack on elite dangerous. This, uh, this is a game that goes back. I, I want to say back to the mid eighties, uh, that was put out by Frontier Games or Frontier Development. Uh, I think it's a UK-based company, if I'm not mistaken. So it was, depending on who, on what source you look up, uh, if you wanted, if you ever wanted to interweb check it, they might be the first actual MMO that I ever really kind of took off and and came about uh, in terms of you know what we would now consider an MMO. So long story short, uh, you you're in the far far future different galaxy kind of thing and it is a true sandbox galaxy galaxy so you can do bounty hunting you can do mining you can do like uh trading commodities and all this other kind of stuff there's like uh, you know multiple different factions there's this huge galaxy you've got to traverse and all this other kind of stuff and you're flying around a spaceship so Couple things here. If this starts to sound like Eve Online, it's because it's exactly like Eve Online. Uh, so Eve Online, which we talk about periodically, that's it's actually one of the one of those games from CCP that sort of brought us together for the show. Um, it, when I played, I've never played any version of Elite before, like this week, basically. So now I've heard about it for years. I've obviously heard about it for years. Now I always kind of equated it to more of like Wing Commander uh, because it's. In Like in EVE, it's a point-and-click naval game uh, with a lot of drop-down menus and spreadsheets and stuff like that. But it's it's still point-and-click. So when you engage like another ship in combat, you literally like click attack, and then you can adjust some different modifiers and some things. But you're not really dogfighting or manipulating your ship. Whereas in Elite, it's much more wing-commandery in that you have like a, a much smaller ship and you're flying around. You've got to do a lot of different adjustments inside the ship a very complex set of controls and there's some on the ground or at least on the surface kind of stuff. Basically you move around in like a, uh, like an EVA vehicle, kind of like the, kind of like the Nomad or the Mako in the uh, Mass Effect series, that kind of thing. But you don't, you don't, there's no walking in stations or there's no walking around kind of stuff. But a lot of the functions are eerily similar to EVE. And so I did a couple, I threw a couple of emails out today, uh, checking it out. And my understanding is much of what EVE started with was an extension of what they, the original developers had from Elite. When they they played that game and then they liked it and they wanted to take it, you know, like a generational step forward. And so EVE Online kind of started with that seed and sort of moved parallel and then eventually in its own direction. So, uh, if you're familiar with that game that that's a PC-based, uh, you know, kind of MMO, very niche, very high-end, kind of the nerds-nerds game, if you will, that's very much what Elite Dangerous feels like. So, long story short, uh, if I'm going to cal- categorize the game up front, what I would say is that it is very, very well done visually. It's not very complex, though. So, the ship models are all done really well, uh, and you are basically fi- flying a very small one-man or like two or three-person ship kind of thing. And it is much more akin to a flight simulator. That So you do all the station activities that you do in EVE or or most of them you can do in in uh, Elite Dangerous, which you can man- manipulate currency. You can take different cargo missions. You can go get data, secure data for different factions. You can go fight in big conflicts. You, you can do all that kind of stuff. But the big difference is really... It's that it's more of a flight simulator or space flight simulator. Let me be very, very precise. So when I started the game, there's about, there's, there's a pretty hefty set of tutorials that come with it, which is good. Okay. That's a point in the good favor. The tutorials, all they do is frustrate you for about two or three hours because it dawns on you very quickly how complex, not necessarily the game is because I can pick that up pretty quick. Uh, like you know, like a lot of different MMO experience and things like that. So I, I, a, lot of the, a lot of that kind of architecture I can pick up very well. Physically controlling your ship or controlling your ground vehicle is freaking ridiculous. Um, it is literally a, like, Jane's Combat Flight Simulator or, you know, the old Microsoft Flight Simulator on steroids. Because you're in zero G and you're moving in multiple different accesses and you got to control, you, like... It's seemingly two dozen different things in the middle of like second-to-second combat, and trying to do that all from PlayStation Four controller is is sporty. <laughs> so, um, it, th- I, I would say this: if you like space games, and you if you've ever played Eve, and you thought, "Wow, I would like some of this, but maybe a little bit more toned down," uh, you can. This might be a game for you. And if you like flight simulators, this might be a game for you. Notice, I just put together something where I said if you tone something down or kind of like make it more vanilla and then you take this really complex thing and put them together, that's what this game is. That's a really good way to describe it, at least from my, my perspective. So, uh, into the mechanics, you have a, a huge, well, not a huge, you have a wide variety of different type of ships. You can get, uh, all the way from single person, almost fighter style, style vehicles up to cargo ships, mining specific ships to, um, uh, larger i I guess like cruisers or battleships and you can actually have multiple those are ones you can get into multiple players crewing the same ship at the same time doing different functions so that probably tells you a little bit about how complex it can get Uh, but again all of the a lot of the language in it is also very very similar to uh, the ccp games architecture in terms of eve in terms of how you have factions standing how you get from how you have to jump between these different points. You can be interdicted by other ships. If they have the right equipment, they can pull you out of warp and all this other kind of good stuff. And, and so it's, there's a lot of potential. It is, it feels like it could be a really good sandbox game. Uh, and it has a nice twist because you can do, you can actually fly your ship or you're required to fly your ship. Unlike Eve, where you kind of point and click. And if, if you can master the controls, which I absolutely have not, the game could get, could, could be, I think, relatively fun. So, um, when I went onto the forums to like surf for help and stuff like that, it was a, re- it was a much more, a much less toxic sort of forum situation, you know, than I thought, cause you're, I figured you had this really hardcore kind of PC crowd that was you know, really not interested in the Xbox or PlayStation guys jumping onto the game. There's definitely a little bit of that, but as a rule, they tend to be pretty open to asking questions and, and, and that kind of stuff. And, and, Here's a little telltale fact. In the training missions that you get the tutorial, there's another tab that says training videos, and there's like 15 or 20 on their YouTube channel. And even there, they they reflect, they, they kind of reference you to other, like actual civilian YouTubers or non-game dev YouTubers. On If you wanna learn how to play the game, click on these videos. When your tutorial has to be probably about five or six hours worth of your videos and other people's, that's a lot of. That's a lot to digest for somebody just trying to get into your game. So if you're a casual gamer and you're looking for, like I said, a Wing Commander type experience, because that's literally what it looks like when you watch the trailer for the game on PlayStation, this is not going to be that for you. Uh, it is certainly not a dogfighter game. I mean, there's some elements of that, but uh, I have a suspicion that this will do really well with hardcore people that understand what the game is, or and or. They are directly recommended the game by other people who are familiar with. Yeah, I think you would like this game based on what you all, you've played. Casual people trying to get into the game or seeing it under the you know what's new on on the PlayStation Store that they will struggle with retention. Um, but this could be, I mean, I'll be will be straight with you. It Has a lot of potential. Though. It could be a great open. It look it has the feel of what could be a great open world game, if you have enough people in it to make the world worth being in if that makes sense.
0: It sounds like it's a pretty good good roundup on that. I think it's, like I said, it's a long-running game on PC, so I was curious to see how it actually played on PS4. And it sounds like it it plays about kind of as I I expected it would. So I do appreciate that. It's a pretty good review. So
3: if you've ever played EVE, you would pick up on all the station activities incredibly fast. A lot of the... The things you'll have to do in the game will be very, very familiar to you in terms of the type of missions, this, that, and the other. It, the only thing that's just incredibly frustrating is how you physically get your ship to do these things. It's it's incredibly difficult sometimes.
2: So you, you talked about uh, you know these multi-person ships, uh, the battleships and the cruisers, I think you said they were. Is it like an MMO then?
3: Yeah, no, uh, yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah, and it, you can you can do like the whole alliance thing and all that kind oh, of okay. yeah.
1: But the the big distinction with Elite is that you can't like you don't you don't actually see the other player at any point in the ship. It's not like a, a common area. It's like you each uh-huh. have like a you each have like a compartment, I believe. And okay. You are it's kind of it, it the game your character is is always sitting, so even when you like transition from the pilot seat to like the ground vehicle it's mm-hmm. like a transfer process as your cockpit chair is like pulled back and 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 placed in the um you know rover chair basically
2: gotcha. gotcha gotcha gotcha
1: have you played uh elite dangerous at all uh so i tried it and i got my ship lost and then i stopped um it i, I didn't play it very much i didn't i didn't like it there um, wasn't
0: enough
2: things for him to spend money on so <laughs> naturally, so that, oh, that's no, kinda
1: you, you can <laughs> you can do that in this game. You but, can absolutely uh, do that. <laughs> no, um, it it's it it didn't be, it wasn't a big draw for me. Um, obviously, if if you're looking for a big, uh, elite dangerous uh, fan, uh, Denny Fleetfoot is your guy. Um, Denny Fleetfoot is uh, the biggest elite dangerous fan I've ever seen in my life. Um, and uh, you know he'll he'll he'll. Sing the praises of uh, Elite Dangerous until uh, you know until you can't stand it anymore. Really, I'll wait for Star Citizen, which the next update has just been delayed another month. So
0: <laughs> I'm shocked. Actually, no,
1: I was, I was, I was just curious on on
0: someone who's done played both Star Citizen and Elite Dangerous in depth, if, what their opinion was between the two. But if you if you didn't play, you know, a lot of it, it's, it doesn't matter. I mean,
1: my thing is, I'm I, like, and this was my thing back with Eve is I am super excited of the concept of, like, a space game where I can actually, like, get in and out of my ship and go run around and shoot people, and that's, you know, what I hoped Eve would be transitioning to as it did walking in stations and came out with dust and this and that, and and it never really delivered in that, and uh, Elite Dangerous doesn't try to do that and that's part of why they were able to you know they actually started they announced their game at a very similar time as star citizen and obviously uh reached their complete release stage much faster um and that's uh part of having very specific goals and sticking to them um but uh yeah so i'm i'm still hope you know i'm still holding out for that that magical game that doesn't exist and may not given uh, given star citizens uh you know constant delays
0: all right well that's like i said that's a pretty good pretty good wrap up on elite dangerous and and uh i do appreciate that uh jay um now one that i got a couple a couple weeks ago that was gifted to me by ripley riley again i, I much appreciation for that one uh it was a game called subnautica and i didn't know much about it other than that it was an underwater survival game um and so i gave it a shot earlier today and then played quite a bit of it and it is indeed an underwater survival game Uh, if you're familiar at all with uh you know the mechanics of those kinds of games where it's you know you've kind of got a little home base you venture out and you gather resources to craft things to help your survival and there's different events you have to deal with this is basically it. You know, it's it's a game that's in uh, you know early access alpha. I think it's coming out in August um, with kind of a, an official full release, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's basically as, as I kind of described to to Rip. this, talk talking to a bit about it as I was playing it. It, it really Subnautica delivers on a really classic survival style game uh, in a setting that's that's unique and that I haven't seen it before. Um, the the concept is that you're on a spaceship. The spaceship you know, for whatever reason, has severe damage over a planet. So you climb into an escape pod, you eject out of the escape pod, and it comes crashing into a planet that, for whatever, for the most part, seems to be entirely underwater. Um, so you're floating in the escape pod. And you go out and venture and find resources, find means to purify water, find food. Um, the ship that crashed is actually kind of close to you. It's probably a couple, couple hundred meters away, um, and that's emitting radiation at you know greater and greater volumes and so you have to you know build yourself a radiation suit uh i think at one point the ship probably explodes because um, it keep, keeps talking about you know this this whole breach and the, the reactor is going to blow up so uh You know, you got to build your radiation suit, you got to build tools to help you get around. There are enemies you have to worry about. I don't think you can actually kill anything, um, but you can defend yourself. If you're trying the game out for the first time, don't do what I did and try punching Coral to death. Um, There is a knife you can make. You just have to look up the recipe for it. Once you get the knife, it makes your life a lot easier. So, just a pro tip there. Um, But yeah, like I said, it's it's nothing out of the ordinary for... um, you know, a survival style game. It's just a really cool setting. If you're uh, a fan of, of the ocean, of underwater life, that sort of thing, it's it's an alien planet, so it's going to be a little a little different than what you're used to. But uh, still, kind of the, the kind of creatures and stuff you you normally find in there are you know at least represented in a, a stylized fashion. Um, like I said, the game is early access. It is an alpha, uh, so it does have some some glitches, some bugs. I didn't find any actual gameplay bugs in the time I played, which is good. Uh, a few graphical problems it it seemed to load geometry a little slowly um particularly if i was you know coming above and below water a lot and and looking around really quickly it it took a little while to to snap the geometry and textures in but you know overall the game looks pretty good um you know it's about what you would expect for this this style of game and this scope so like i said it's it's a really solid survival game a really cool setting I, i love the ocean and that sort of thing so uh, that's why I live in the desert, of course. But you know, <laughs> I I do have a love for uh, for you know the oceanography and that sort of thing. So it was it was a lot of fun to to kind of bomb around in the ocean and and almost drowned a lot. So uh, not a lot of explanation of what to do, which is pretty common in these kinds of games. It's pretty much like you've crash landed. You've got these recipes in your fabricator figure it out so if you don't like that style of gameplay that's going to frustrate you to no end if you like that kind of thrown into the fire and you got to figure it out because you're on time limit and it's not going to handhold you at all uh this is definitely the kind of gameplay you would enjoy so like i said if you like survival games be sure to pick this one up. Uh, I think it was on sale for the Steam sale. It's probably not anymore, but I imagine the price is probably going to go up in a few months when the game goes to full release. So now is the time to hop on it if it's something you're interested in. But yeah, like I said, overall, really solid game. Worth checking out if you like that style. Now, another game that I have been playing, and, and we, we finished Resident Evil 7 for our Dungeon Crawl YouTube series, and so I moved on to a game that was also suggested by Ripley Riley, actually, uh, called Prey. And this one came out uh, fairly recently. And so the idea behind Prey, and I won't get into any spoilers because it is is an interesting story that uh, I've had a few revelations about as I've progressed through the plot. But the idea is that you are on a space station orbiting the moon called Talos 1. And it is effectively, there's been a breakout of these creatures called Mimics. And Mimics uh, are these kind of black tentacle creatures that copy and turn into simple objects and hide and then they'll attack you and you get too close so what happens is you'll be walking along and suddenly this coffee mug sprouts tentacles and tries to eat your face off and this happens constantly um so you you kind of begin to have this fear of everything you see um it encourages you to pick up everything because you want to you know get the resources to build you know weapons and ammo and stuff but at the same time you may try to pick up a towel and it may try to kill you. So it's an interesting dynamic. You find creative ways to kind of get around. You tend to smash everything with a hammer or a wrench, actually, uh, to you know hopefully not get killed in the process. Uh, I would say that overall the kind of feel it's got, in the most broad sense I can give it that's easily understandable, is it's basically Bioshock in space. It kind of has that same retro feel to it. It's uh, similar gameplay. It involves injecting yourself with various things to give yourself powers, that sort of thing. Um, Very stylized, very colorful. Um, Like I said, if if you look at any of the screenshots, you'll kind of go like, yeah, that looks like Rapture, but in space. Uh, So if if you like those styles of games, this one is definitely worth picking up. Uh, I have gotten probably a third of the way through the game from the sounds of it maybe a little bit more so I'm not going to do a full review on it but like I said it's it's really enjoyable I'm having a lot of fun um, getting killed because if you aren't careful like I said random objects will just turn into mimics and, and try to eat your face off so we've been recording a lot of that for the Dungeon Crawl series uh, first episode is actually up on YouTube uh, second episode is going up tomorrow which will probably be a couple days ago when this episode finally airs. so again we're kind of sticking to our Monday, uh, Monday and Thursday release dates on those. so you know do check it out give us your feedback um it's a really fun game and i'll give a proper full review when i actually beat the game so you know that's that's prey um yeah give us uh give us a look on you on youtube and you can kind of see me get my ass kicked repeatedly it's a tough game but it's good now one more thing that i did want to review and i've talked about this for a couple of weeks is i did go and pick up a steam controller um, and I mentioned it last week that I needed more time to play around with it, and I did play around with it. So Steam Controller, it is a gamepad-based controller that was designed by Valve, and the the idea was that you could hook up your PC to your TV, you know, with the couch in front of it and everything, and then sit on the couch and play your Steam games with a controller. And a lot of games on Steam uh, are have built-in support for the controller, and some don't have built-in support, but it's still compatible with it, and you can actually upload and download uh, player settings for the game. So it, it, it's it's approachable in that regard. Um, now, what's interesting about this controller is that it's not the typical... You know ps4 xbox controller where it's actually got joysticks for your primary means of you know controlling your character it does have a joystick but that's actually kind of a secondary control what it has instead are touch pads and they're kind of these concave discs that are touch sensitive and it's difficult to describe, but I would say it's almost like a trackball is kind of the built-in default um, setting for them. When you move your finger on them, the game actually, or the the, the gamepad actually vibrates. It clicks when you you move to kind of, to kind of give you this haptic feedback of you've moved your finger, and we see that. So you can actually flick your thumb on this touchpad and it will behave like a, like a, like a trackball would where you kind of give it a flick and depending on how fast you you flick it it will quote unquote spin and, and keep going in that direction that's really weird early on um i actually tried the game uh paladins with this because i i when i do play steam it's usually if i'm playing paladins and it was it was difficult to use and i thought that you know maybe i just had to keep playing around with it and get the settings right um and even after a week of messing around with it, I still can't quite get it to work the way I want to. The idea is that it wants to, it wants to emulate a mouse because the touchpad is kind of like your mouse, right? You're moving your finger, your thumb around on the touchpad, and that's actually like you moving a mouse. And that's kind of the default setting is mouse mode. Um, while it's very precise in when I move my thumb up, it goes up, I, I really struggled to get it point where i wanted it to like exactly um and i don't know if that's just that you have more physical control of a mouse in your hand than you do just your thumb i'm not sure what it was but i could never quite get the camera to look where i wanted it to and that doesn't cut it in games like that where you have to be very precise and very quick and i found myself kind of fumbling around trying to get it to actually point the direction i wanted to point You know exactly so i'm not sure if that's a a fault of the controller itself or just that it's physically difficult to get mouse level precision with your thumb i was able to switch it over to uh joystick mode and then then it behaves a bit more like a traditional joystick but then you kind of lose that precision that you had with it being in mouse mode so if you're going to put it in joystick mode it's workable but you might as well be playing with you know a ps4 or an xbox controller at that point because it's behaving the same way um and it just it was it was really difficult for me to use. What I ended up actually doing is I actually would hold the controller in my left hand. I would I would operate the controls in my left hand. The left hand, like I said, does have a joystick, which typically emulates the W W A S D keys on your keyboard, and it kind of blends them together. So you get that uh, controller style of movement with your left thumb on the joystick. That was nice. And then I would actually so I'd hold the controller in my left hand and operate the mouse with my right hand. It was it looked stupid as hell. But it actually worked a hell of a lot better than trying to use my right hand on the controller itself. So in certain applications, I could see it being useful um, just because it allows you to do your WASD with a single finger. opposed to you know obviously usually two to three fingers depending on how you how you use a keyboard and then that frees up the rest of your hand to control um all sorts of things on the, the, the controller itself it's got two shoulder buttons and it actually has a button in the back you can kind of squeeze the controller and that will click as well so in certain applications like i can see that actually being a little more useful um particularly where games where movement is actually really important but again the right hand side of the controller was just it never felt right. I could never get it to work as well as a mouse would. And that that just kind of ruined it for me. So, you know, again, there might be certain specific games or certain ways you can use the Steam Controller that would be useful for certain games. But honestly, in a general sense, I just don't see why you would want to have this over mouse and keyboard unless you're really set on playing a game in front of the TV on the couch where a mouse and keyboard wouldn't make sense. So, you know, I I picked this one up for for 35 bucks. It was on sale part of the Steam Summer Sale. It's normally 50. Honestly, I I can't really recommend it. I don't think that it it's it, it's it's an interesting piece of technology. I think it's it's a really good attempt at trying to do something, but I just don't think that what it's trying to do is necessarily possible. So, probably got to not recommend to buy on this one um i bought it just out of curiosity and i wanted to see how it works but you know in most cases i think you're better off just using a mouse and a keyboard for this so you know probably a pass on the steam controller um it was worth it was worth giving a shot for the price um but yeah i probably would not recommend this to most people for you know typical gaming
3: i've you know this has been out for quite some time i was kind of curious about this i've never really messed around with them uh i've I have pretty you know, had good experience using like an Xbox controller on a PC. They're kinda of designed to work that way. Uh I I was kind of curious to see how that was that was gonna go. But I would not have picked up that that was the mechanics. Just like literally you know, picking up literally picking up like the cardboard box like like at a store and like looking at it or something. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have gotten that impression from it. But I'm, I'm kind kinda of glad you kinda of laid that out though. That's it, it does sound like kind of a unique take on, on a game controller. I'm kind of curious why they went that way as opposed to just kind of the, a more traditional like twin thumbstick kind of thing.
0: Well, I think, I think the idea is that they wanted to make it be like mouse, where it's got that touchpad. Because, I mean, a mouse is effectively you're holding your hand on a touchpad, more or less. I mean, I know it's the other way around, but I think that's what they were going for because you kind of get that really tight precision. But, like I said, it's hard to do with your thumb. You know, with, with just the thumb alone, it doesn't have the dexterity that you really need, that you can get with your whole hand, and I think that's kind of the failing point there, because it, it yeah. worked fine in joystick mode. Like it, it was like, yeah, okay, this works. It felt like an Xbox controller or a PS4 controller, a little, a little bit different physically, but it, it performed exactly like that. And if you want to use it for that, that's fine. But if you've got like another gamepad that you're used to laying around, there's little reason not to use that over this thing, you know? That that makes sense. Did you have something to say, Bate?
2: Oh no, I was just going to say that I would assume that they did it not only for that mouse precision, but to kind of get, uh, you know, there's people who are used to sitting in front of a desk and, and playing with a, with a mouse to, I don't know, kind of make them feel more at home, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it like I said, it has applications where, you know, it, it would work for certain things. It, you know, like I said, if, if you really want to not have to sit at your desk, sure yeah you could buy you could buy make it work but for really for stuff where it's like really you know tight competitive stuff for like a first person shooter it's real tough it's a real steep learning curve i think so i mean it it might be more approachable for people like that but at the same time it's difficult to break that muscle memory that we've had built up over decades of playing games on gamepads and this is very different from from both a mouse and a traditional gamepad now one thing i will say that i actually do really like about this is like i said there's there's buttons on the back of the the controller that you can kind of squeeze the handles so the way I hold it, I would you would normally have like maybe your your index finger operating both the shoulder buttons. Then you have your middle finger and your ring finger kind of gripping the back of the controller. That's actually where the pad is, where you can kind of squeeze it and that clicks um, as an additional button. I would that's actually really useful. Um, I think to to give a controller extra buttons and it, it lets those those fingers be useful for more than just you know hanging out of the controller. So I'd love to see that be added to. Um, you know, maybe PS4 or PS5, whatever, in the next Xbox system. So, like that's that's a good design right there.
1: The Vive controllers actually have that as well. Um, there's one of one of the buttons on each controller. It's like a grip button where you you tighten your grip on the controller and it detects it. And it's kind of on the underside of the controller's grip yeah
0: it's it's really nice because i mean like i've always held like a ps4 control I'm like this feels good but half my hand is doing nothing i could i could really use extra buttons in the back there for you know certain games it might it might make sense to have those there so you know i, I did like that from the design perspective and i do have to give them props that in terms of custom you know custom ability customization sorry on how you can set this thing up it's absurd the number of settings you can you can fiddle with to do whatever you want with this like they've made it extremely open-ended um you could tweak this in all kinds of different ways you know however you want and in you know for whatever purpose you may have on it and, and like i said certain things it may make a lot of sense to have something like this where a traditional you know joystick uh may not make sense but uh from for i think for your average gaming um while it is an interesting and well-built piece of you know hardware for most games i i don't think i'd recommend it but you know it may be useful if you do have a specific use for it so i mean they're they're not too expensive i guess i got mine for 35 bucks normally 50 that's pretty standard fare um but yeah so that's my review of the steam controller
2: i know that the xbox has what they call an elite controller and for 150 dollars you can get paddles uh you can get a controller that has a couple extra buttons and uh Paddles right there in the back where it sounds like those uh, those little clicky pads are on the Steam controller. 150 bucks, you serious? Ah, shit, you not, dude! 150 fucking bucks for a damn Xbox controller, which is Jesus. almost
1: that. That game better play that. That controller better play the freaking game for you.
2: Oh, I yeah, I, I want to hold one, but I can't justify justify myself uh, buying 100. It's like. It's, how is it, like maybe a $100 upcharge from the normal Xbox controllers, which are as much as a game, which in my opinion is absolutely ridiculous.
3: Uh, and I'm sure those things cost, I mean, I mean, they, they shave the, the profit margin down pretty hard, you know, because they want such quality going out to the customers. I'm pretty sure those things cost maybe three, four bucks to make too. Probably uh
2: hundred and fifty nine dollars on Newegg. What? For, uh, gosh, it's fucking stupid, dude.
0: For for five bucks of material, like Jay said. Uh, probably cheapest one. Looks like it's a hundred and twenty uh hundred twenty four. Shit, just buy a VR headset at that point. <laughs> yeah, for real. I
3: it, this this is what reminds me of these articles that I read occasionally that somebody sends me, where it says America's youth, the current generation, cannot make money. Nor sustain the economy based on their gaming habits. Oh. Uh, and th- and then when I read I read these and I laugh and I'm like, oh surely not. I'm like a relatively successful, you know, dude that's you know original sort of angry Gen Xer kind of guy. And and then it dawns on me when I hear this kind of shit, I'm like, no, there's a lot of people probably shelling out 150 pounds for one of these things. Or the the latest and greatest Razor Death Commando, like Blazer Level Five, like "Quote unquote gaming mouse, which is like a regular mouse with an extra button
1: um, and I'm gonna, lights. I'm going to inject my shout out that the uh, G- Logitech G502 is a really nice mouse. It's cheap. It's like sixty bucks.
3: Cool. I just
1: why I just get free ones from work.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. So I was playing. Here's the storm, and um, I." I let's just say I got really angry and I might've slammed my mouse against the table a couple times. And I thought I broke it because um, like the, the uh, scroll wheel became like really, really loose and was just, it, it was kind of, kind of just And then I realized that's actually a button. There's actually a button that engages and disengages like the, the like kind of clicky rate of, of the scroll wheel that's configurable. And actually I can take apart the bottom of my mouse and you can adjust where the weights are placed in the mouse so that it, it can adjust the uh feel of how it how much it weighs and uh you know where that weight is balanced on the mouse.
0: Yeah, I mean I I have a gaming mouse as well, but honestly, I, I have it specifically for Final Fantasy because there's so many buttons to press that it, it helps a lot. But for most applications and PC games, you can get away with a standard mouse or even one that's got, you know, Maybe four or five extra buttons on there on the on the thumb or something, and, and you can get those for, for pretty damn cheap.
1: And the newer G five hundred two, the one I don't have, um, you can uh, configure the color of the LEDs on it. So, um, you know, you can actually. Oh dear. <laughs> well, it, what's funny is you know the the old uh, having like a colored f- colored fans in your computer is pretty common. You'll get like blue fans, which are the most common, or some reds or greens or whatever. Um, but one of the things I've seen lately is where fans including the power supply fan you can get like full RGB controllable so you can have like your whole computer you could have like your power supply your CPU fans your case fans all able to change color the new graphics cards have like a little LED strip on them that can that, that kind of pulses the logo and does different patterns Every, it like it gaming PCs are, are like the more LEDs, the, the the more powerful they are, is, is like what it is at this point. <laughs> Jesus. I actually, I just, uh, I had a fan uh, kind of start to go bad in one of my two gaming computers. And I got a new, uh, you know, blue LED fan, because um, everything has to be blue LEDs. And uh, I realized that it's so much brighter than my, uh, my other computer. And it, my other computer actually has the same fan on top it's just that it's it's uh gone dim over time and i i, I thought about it for a couple of minutes i decided against it but i did think about replacing the other fan just so it would be as blue as the one i just bought oh god damn it
0: so Zell will will drive the, the the economy himself at this point.
1: You can actually the 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 true true fact is you can actually navigate my house without lights on just from uh, the glow of uh, case fans from the two gaming computers <laughs> there's actually they they actually project enough blue light onto the ceiling that you can you can see anywhere you're going in my condo
0: so So what you're saying is when someone breaks into your condo, they'll know exactly where to go for all the expensive stuff because it's the only part glowing in the dark. <laughs> yes okay that's great at least it's not on fire it's 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 blue instead of orange that's a that's a, a positive from where you usually been so you need
2: orange lights now to commemorate uh such an incredible incident
0: jeez oh, I, I will say though I, I will say that the logitech mice are really good i've had nothing but good experience with them so if you are if you are in the market to buy a gaming mouse whatever great one you the G502. decide on i think i've got a G 700s
1: Yours um, is wireless, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I use a wired though because wireless G- is stupid. Okay,
1: okay. Wireless yeah. is stupid. Yes, wireless is stupid. Get wired mice. The G five hundred two is a wired mouse. Um but yeah. it has no battery. It it just works and it's fast.
0: <laughs> yeah. But Logitech is a good brand. So I would I would suggest those if you are in the market. I've have had nothing but good experience. And their warranty uh program is, is really solid. I had one go out on me and it actually had been discontinued, so they sent me the next the next gen version of the closest thing, which is actually quite a bit better for, for free with the warranty. So I've had I've had good experiences with their product and uh, customer service. I got from Walmart. Yeah. I mean it it buy the mouse that fits your need, right? Like like I said, I only got this one because I needed it for, for Final Fantasy because there's so many buttons and doing it with a with, with just the uh, just the keyboard was a pain in the ass. So it, it worked, but most people you don't need it unless there's like a specific use for it. So, you know. That's <laughs> something to keep in mind. All right, so we'll we'll continue with shoutouts and Zell already got a shout out out with, with his mouse. Um so Wait! Oh, wait! 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 What? What?
1: I had another one.
0: Okay, go ahead. Wait. wait okay. You, so, you don't want to see it it next got week? Two this time you might you might need it for next week. <laughs>
1: this this is this isn't really a shout out. It's more of just a side mention. I didn't bring it up earlier. Um, I did go see a uh, Baby Driver this weekend. Um, and it, it was really good. That's that's it. Just that it's a it's a kind of an action heist movie, car chase movie. It's um you know about this getaway car driver who's is kind of a weird dude who listens to music and and they actually they time a lot of the action scenes with the music um and because they're trying to sync up some of these action events with the music it, it's actually they can't you know they can't hide that sort of stuff under shaky cam so it's it's a uh, really really well done action scenes
3: is is that the director who's doing uh it's edgar Wright. star wars Oh no no, that's one that everybody wants to do one of the Star Wars, okay. Um
1: yeah, it's Edgar Wright who, you know, did um Shaun of the Dead, World's End, etc., um was going to be the Ant-Man director until he yep. no, had that. his creative dif- differences, etc. That's it's his new movie. Okay. And it's like 97% on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, so um before it's release it it when it was first starting to rack up it, it did have a 100% score for a while.
0: Alright, sounds good. Alright, big man
2: you're up. So, my shout-out is, is more of me, uh, me bitching this week. Um, I was at the zoo, and I I love zoos uh, for whatever reason. I think it's nice to just walk around and, and, and look at uh, all the different animals and whatnot. Um, so, I was at the zoo, and of course you have people who are going to uh, be tourists, uh, as, as is the case. And you know those people who have the need to photograph and video and, and, and do all that kind of stuff everywhere they go? Man, fuck those people. Because you don't, usually, usually, there are people who are good about it. Usually, the only thing that happens is you get in other people's way. Every time. So you want to stand in front of the, the fucking uh, thing you put your eyes in uh, and, and look at the, the elephant that's that hasn't moved in 45 years, and you're like, oh my god, that's so when well, you want to take a fucking picture of you hanging off of it and whatnot, and being like, "Oh my god, I'm hanging off the thing," oh, it's just shut the fuck up! Stop doing that shit. Just take your damn picture and move on, like everybody else.
0: Ah, uh, babe, destroying family memories for eighteen years—that's my job. Keep, keep up the good fight.
2: Well, okay, no, 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 it's different. <laughs> kids, I understand. Yeah, they're kids or whatever. They're—they're they're gonna take a little while longer. But teenagers, no, dude,
0: stop. Well, teenagers in general are annoying. So I mean, it's uh, kind of a sparkle course. This is true.
1: Bait, you should know that teenagers are are really annoying.
0: Zell, I live like an old person. It's great. It's true. He 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 bitches like he's sixty five. I, I
1: guess I guess that's true. I will give you that. You are not uh, you are not like a traditional teenager. I
2: don't want to be that annoying teenager. Everybody, you know, when you say teenagers, you roll your eyes and you go, "Oh fuck, teenagers." You,
1: you decided to trade being the annoying teenager for that annoying old dude who shakes his fist and waves his cane at the
3: crowd.
0: Hey, that's fine. I'll do that. All right, all right, Jay, you're up, man.
3: Uh, yes. Shoutouts. Uh, what do I got for shoutouts? Hmm. I'm gonna play the, the myzel card and say that I have gone the entire show without actually having a shoutout. Uh, so that's uh that's pretty much what I'm sticking to right now. <laughs>
0: Okay, well, Zell had two, so we'll call it even. Oh, that, um, no, that's
3: funny. I'll take one of his. That's good. Okay, hey, would yeah. you ever want one sucked less? I'll take that one. Gotcha.
0: Sweet. Okay. Um, I actually have two shout-outs as well. Um, first of all, my brother found that they are indeed making a chicken top ramen-flavored Pringle. So whoever thought of that, shout-out to you. That's weird, but I'll probably try them out. Uh, second shout-out uh, goes to Joan Lee, Stanley's wife, who unfortunately passed away this week at the age of 95. Um, you know, it's just its just a it's a real shame, and you know, I, I feel it for the guy because I mean, they've been married for like 69 years, I think. So that's that's gotta be really tough, but you know, the the comic book community and, and you know, everyone involved in that sort of thing is, is really coming out and being very supportive of that. So, um, not really a shout out, but just uh, just uh, you know, keep that in mind, and, and you know, it is it is a, a real shame. So, uh, but that being said, uh, no, wait, show- I, have more, I have one more, okay, I have one more, I have one more, I have one more
2: shout out. I okay, promise babe. this last one. Okay. This just hit. Me. So I'm, I'm this whole show, I've been sitting here playing Minecraft with a couple of people from the corp, and and Jadik naturally came up. Uh, Jag Metenhime uh, naturally came up in conversation, and I want to give a shout out to Jadik because we, when the corp started playing, we uh, you know a bunch of us had already had. Well, Jadik didn't have Minecraft, so we were sitting here on comms with Jadik, being like, "Jag buy Minecraft, Jack buy Minecraft." And if you know anything about Jadik, you know that Minecraft is the kind of game that Jadik would love, and Minecraft is. The kind of game Jadik loves. He, he absolutely dude loves it. Dude is no life of the game for like two days straight now. It's insane. And so I just want to give a shout out to Jadik. Just seeing him progress through Minecraft, building random shit. Like I'll log off and then he'll stay on for another six hours. And I log off at like two. So dude builds and he just builds all night. And he's so excited about it. Which makes me excited about it. Which makes me enjoy the game. So shout out to Jadik.
0: And actually on that note, since we're we're on so there are there are three Doomfists in Overwatch, right? So you got the current Doomfist, you got the one that came before, which is the Terry Cruz Doomfist. The first Doomfist does of course need to be Jadak because he is the master of fisting all things. So <laughs> there's there's my vote for him to be the, the third Doomfist in Overwatch. But yes, Jattic is Jadak is a fun guy. He's always good to have around. So um but yeah, so that's that's our show, guys. Um and a lot of stuff that actually went longer than I thought it would, which is great, but uh Lots of good games out there. Um, we'll, we'll continue to keep playing. Uh, I've got a, a new bit of content I'm working on, which should be pretty fun. Um, some some more funny stuff um, that I think people will like. So we'll, we'll get that out in probably a couple of weeks here. Uh, but yeah, again, if there are any, any topics you want us to cover, any games you want us to play, if you want us to do a YouTube series on anything, let us know. If you want, us to, be, you want to be on the show, also let us know. All our contact information is available on biomass.net or biomass.com. They both go to the same place. Uh, Don't forget to visit datesforbait.com. And uh, with that said, everyone have a good night and be safe out there.